Welcome in, everybody. It has been a long time. Ethan, you've been working on, on some stuff. I've been in summer classes. Also, just, I mean, the Spurs got bounced. I mean, there's so much to talk about. We have, yeah. we have. I mean, there's been basketball on. How much have you been watching? I mean, I don't know. Where do you even want to go with this one? It's, it's kind of just like a welcome back, kind of. I don't yeah. know. But... <laughs> A little bit. I'm trying to recap the season a little bit, put a little bow on it, even though it was, when did it end for us? Like a month ago, maybe more? Yeah, a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about free agency a little bit, um, just some mm-hmm. off-season stuff, but we'll, we'll save the draft for later, because that, mm-hmm. that could be an episode on its own. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start, Jude? Up to you. Well, I think we should probably, I guess we can go back to the pl- play-in game against against the Grizzlies. Um and just talk about that. I mean, unfortunately, I'm, I really, I really, I don't feel good saying what I'm about to say because I have nothing against DeMar DeRozan. I only have love for DeMar DeRozan. And, and if, if this was his, if that, if this game that we're talking about right now was his last game as a spur, which I think it probably was, um, you know, I still, regardless of the performance, not, you know, being unfortunately typical DeMar DeRozan playoff fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I have nothing bad to say about him. So I feel bad, you know, kind of opening up with, well, you kind of just got to talk about DeMar not playing that well. It was so long ago. I don't really remember the stat lines. Although stats, I mean, stats do help. They're not everything. But I definitely it was still that same kind of situation with DeMar where when it's just crunch time, it's just it's just really tough for him to to get in rhythm. Yeah, it was a, a very disappointing game. I don't know if you remember, Jude, but the first quarter we just got blown out, and I was like, and then I was, oh. and then we came back, we did. which was nice. Which I did. That was better than you know just getting blown out. I'm glad we lost that way, even if it hurts more for the players. Yeah, it, it was really a an unfortunate game because our two best players. Keep in mind, Derek White was hurt, so he wasn't playing. But Demar mm-hmm. and Dejounte, at least as far as like you know leading the offense goes, they just had off games. DeMar had 20 points, which is nice, but he was 5 for 21 from yeah. the field. And then DeJounte was 4 for 17, only had 10 points. 11 assists and 13 boards, though. So he finished with a triple-double. But so, Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. pointless triple-double. Yeah, he just couldn't <laughs> score. But shout-out to Rudy Gay. I mean, he had 20 points off the bench, kind of sparked that comeback there for That's a little right. while. That's right. He did have a good game. And that might have been his last game, too. Honestly, so. yeah. Which we, we can jump right into that if you want to. If you want to jump into our yeah, free agents. Yeah, I think... I think that was just a good little, you know, talk about this um, because the fact that we're talking about this game, it's such a, this could be such, honestly, like, I think that this could really be, even if not much happens for the Spurs this offseason, I think that it can, it's, this is still the first time in basically 22 years that for it's well, it's the first time ever in franchise history that they've missed the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. Yeah. But on top of that, it's just the first time in 22 years that they're really at a transition point and they're like, okay, we don't have a star that's going to win us a championship. We don't have like this is this is really like this is the rebuild time. Mm-hmm. Will it happen? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it is a good question. It's a fantastic because question. E- even even in that game. Rudy and Patty were still playing the majority of the minutes. And maybe this was just, you know, the Sayonara game where Pop was like, all right, let's just, you know, one last time roll it out with these veterans, you know, and see if they can pull us out. And, you know, maybe that was just the case and 
it was, you know, that was going to happen regardless with the way that the season had gone and the way that the minutes were um, near the end of the year. But at the same time, it also, to me, is a very clear indication that what we were doing this year, even though it was successful before the COVID, you know, um, unfortunateness Yeah, I don't even, that's not a word, but the unfortunateness of that situation, um, this was the team. I mean, that was, that was the epitome of this team, um, for, for the rest of the season. And, you know, it's so funny because I actually started listening to another podcast about the Spurs called the big fundamental pod or the big fun pod with like Tom Petrini and a bunch of the, the Ken's five people. And they have very different opinions than like a lot of Spurs fans and Spurs people that we talk about. Like they're, they're super high on DeMar. They're like, I don't know. I could go on and on, but I felt like this was a very obvious representation that now this is this is the time to move away, you know, from all of the old. I mean, not I don't want to call them old, but to, you know, just move away from the veterans and really start focusing and playing these young guys like the fact that still the fact that Devin Vassell wasn't getting consistent minutes to me. I don't know. I mean, I get all the trust and pop stuff, but. You know, I don't know. Does there come a time that that an old dog can't learn new tricks, Ethan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was our biggest issue with the vets. Other than Patty, because Patty was raised in the Spurs system. Other than his defense being really subpar, um, I happen to really like Patty's game. I think he's our best shooter on the floor. But um, when it comes to Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan, I don't think they ever necessarily fit the Spurs system. Mm-mm. And we've talked about that a lot, but and we forget, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Rudy was signing under the impression he was playing as basically a sixth man, yeah. with Lamarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and it was a Manu was here too. Yeah, it, this yeah. was like this was point is Rudy signed on with that team because he thought he could win a championship, yes. and I'm happy that he stayed still when that was the unfortunate for him and for us, not the, not the truth mm-hmm. because I mean, we, Kawhi Leonard's now in Los Angeles. So, yeah, it, I think it was just since 1987, right? That was the year we drafted David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Since then, our identity as a team has been defense. We've been, predominantly and win now yes and win now yes there's it's been older guys that are really really phenomenal at defense with a lot of good role players surrounding our our david robinson then tim duncan then eventually Kawhi leonard and when we replace a guy like Kawhi leonard with demar derozan and then we lose the big three i mean demar's a fantastic player i love demar derozan i don't think he's a number one option and i also don't think that he ever fit the spurs because he didn't play defense very well, mm. and he got better. He got this better, year, but he just—he's never been a two-way. Way. I think we try to change. I just him appreciate him trying to improve yes. for the Spurs because oh, he was just in a crappy situation. Yeah, hundred percent. I—I think Pop has talked about it with Lamarcus Aldridge too. Pop tried to change Lamarcus's game to be more like Tim Duncan, and then that made Lamarcus almost leave. Was it 2018 when he was like? On draft night, everyone thought he was going to get traded because he was like, "I'm I done with the Spurs." About that. Yeah. I totally forgot about and that. And then Pop was like, "That's on me. I try to make him someone else. Let's let Lamarcus do what he wants to do." And then he was an All Star, so it ended up working out. But we haven't been mm. that Spurs team that everyone knows and loves that made the playoffs for 21 years in a row. I don't know about the loves part. <laughs> I mean, most. I think I feel like most NBA fans 
not maybe, maybe not love the Spurs. They, they at least respect the Spurs. But they appreciate they appreciate what they are when they're at their peak. I see yeah. what you're saying. Okay, I mean, no, that's a fact. We're not that's a hated a team. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love the Cowboys. We're not the Cowboys. Like <laughs> we're not like that. Um, but yeah, I just think it's going to be time. I don't think Demar wants to come back, and I don't blame him for wanting to come back. I don't think Rudy is going to want to come back. Uh, Patty probably wants to come back. It just depends on how much money. I don't know. He Does wants. Patty want to come back though? Would because the thing is, like, are the Spurs going to pay Patty Mills money that, like, I don't know, the Bucks might pay him or something? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's true. I, mean, I don't know if the Bucks have money, but but like the, a team like that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the Lakers or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. So, and maybe that's completely wrong. I think that out of if ever out of all of them, if somebody does come back, I think Patty is the most likely. But I, this is just me. Maybe I'm crazy. I still, th- I think that Trey Jones is is the way to go as the backup point guard. I think that he's um, as much as like Patty is a phenomenal shooter. He helped us close out a championship in 2014. Um, he's he got better this year as a shooter although he cooled off Mm -hmm. um and even at the beginning of the year I liked his defensive effort Mm -hmm. even if like you said it was subpar for the majority of the season but at the same time I look at Trey Jones I see more of a ball handler who can run the point and run the Spurs system which is what they need and he's also a way better defender and I think that we've seen with Patty Mills that yes you have his shooting but you sacrifice and he's He's pretty good at playmaking, but a lot of times this year he was running off screens. He wasn't the ball handler in no. that second unit. So you lose the ball handling and you lose the defense. And I just think, like, yes, Trey Jones isn't going to be Patty Mills from the three-point line, but Trey Jones is also going to be probably like a 33 35% shooter from the three-point line. And I feel like that's a low mark. Like, I feel like that's being conservative. So, like... I don't know. I don't. I don't think that for what you give the little you give up in shooting with Trey Jones, you get so much more in playmaking and defense. So that that's my take on there on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, I've been high on Trey Jones since his first G League stint um, when he started playing there because mm-hmm. he's he like you said he's a phenomenal playmaker. And I'm looking at his stats right now. On he averaged about seven minutes a game when he got thrown in there, usually in garbage time when we were either blowing someone out or getting blown out. Averaged two and a half points and one assist. I think if he stays the same, if he gets the same minutes as Patty, he probably averages like ten and five, which isn't like huge numbers, but that's pretty decent because Patty averaged eleven and like what are three. this is this is so this is okay. Take what I'm about to suggest with a grain of salt, um, but what are his per 36 minute stats? Can you see that? Ooh, let me see if I can. Because that that'll give. I mean, th- these are going to be a little bit blown out of proportion, so take them with a grain of salt. But this is technically a representation of what it would be if he was playing 36 minutes. Uh, and see. I can try to find them right now. Are you on Basketball Reference? No, I'm on ESPN. So you, you, okay. you might want to look that I'll up. Look, I'll look. I'll look. But yes, keep talking, Ethan. Keep talking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I was just thinking about the vets, the three guys that could potentially come back, pr- probably won't. It mm-hmm. For our record, we might go down a little bit, honestly, if we want to be completely mm-hmm. real here. No, we're, gonna, we're not going to be We're not going to be good. as good as we were this year, um, mm-hmm. which is saying something because we really weren't that good this year. But I think it's going to help guys like DJ and Derek because now they won't have to rely on those vets. And the tra- mm-hmm. now the training wheels are off, so they can actually grow as the leaders and vets of this team because they've been here for a while. 
like I don't think DJ and Derek, I don't consider them a part of the young core necessarily because they're and especially not Derek with how old he is. Yeah, they're they're up there. I mean, not up there. And look at their contracts. Yeah, they're getting paid. They're, they they are they are legit like NBA players. So yeah, they're they're leaders. They're the leaders of this team. And I that when I look back on this season, Ethan, there is one game that sticks out to me, and it was the last game before. Um, a lot of guys got COVID and that is still that Charlotte game. I know that Gordon Hayward was hurt in that game or maybe it was LaMelo. I can't remember, but it was the game where Derek White had 26 and DeJounte had 25 and they just took over the game and they, they shot well just, and when they do that, the Spurs are a solid team. And I know that may sound crazy, but I think that if those two guys are doing that consistently, the Spurs team next year could compete for a 7-8 spot. Nothing more than that. I'm not going to go anything crazy. I think that that's possible. Will it happen? I don't know. I could. I, I think I'm with you probably, you know, most likely they're not going to be scoring, averaging 25 and 26. No. If they are, that's awesome. Yeah. But um, probably not. Anyways, going back to the per 36 minutes thing, Trey Jones, 12 points, um, a steal, and five assists per 36 minutes. Um, so... There you go. For for what it's worth, it doesn't, which yeah. isn't much, but that's, that's, that's solid. Uh, that's I mean, that's better mm-hmm. than Patty. That's it. Yeah, that's a that's a solid backup. What you want, and uh, even though he didn't take many threes, but technically for thir- he didn't even take one three in total per thirty six minutes. No. But yeah, he, that's something he really he's needs shooting sixty percent. Yeah, he really <laughs> needs to improve on that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But honestly, through the bench unit, if he's the guy being the primary ball handler, he ne- won't necessarily have to shoot that many threes. Then Lonnie can play off ball. Yeah, or Devin. I mean, the, Devin and yes, Lonnie. Yes, De- Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker yeah. can play off ball running off screens. Lucas Samanich, perhaps. Maybe he'll finally get some minutes if Rudy's not there. Is, is like, the thing is, though, is do they even, like, want to do that? Do they think that he's ready to play? I mean, you. I mean, maybe yeah. you can say, okay, we gave, we spent this seventeen, we picked him before Keldon Johnson, yeah. so maybe we should just play him for this year off the bench and see what he's made of, and then we can decide whether or not we want to continue with him on the roster. Because on those rookie contracts in those third, fourth years, you have team options, so mm-hmm. they could play him this year just because they know, like, okay, we're just gonna roll with Dejounte and Derek but I don't know what's going to happen this offseason that's that's the other thing I know at the beginning of this we wanted to get into free agents and I I kind of went off the rails there um just talking about these guys but so so if we look at our free agents right Trey Lyles we know for a fact not coming back gone not not coming back DeMar there are some people who make an argument for paying him I just think that DeMar DeRozan wants to go play somewhere where i mean i don't know there's a lot of the la stuff so i don't know i mean maybe the lakers do something to get him after getting bounced in the first round maybe um i could i could honestly really see that obviously they'd have to trade the whole roster um but i don't know maybe there's a sign in trade there i could i could actually i could actually see that Mm -hmm. who do i want on the lakers roster absolutely nobody yeah don't (laughs) give me kuzma so y'all can just go ahead. I'd rather, yeah, like unless you're just going to give us picks. Yeah. Like that's the only thing I would really want from the Lakers, and those picks aren't going to be that good if you trade them to Marta Rosen. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like why even do that? Uh, but, the, the, I mean, there's a lot of potential landing spots for DeMar DeRozan. That's not what we're talking about, but probably most likely gone. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think Rudy probably will just – 
take a cheap deal for some contending team. Miami. I um, think he's going to Miami. Which, which fantastic for him. Go do that, Rudy. You deserve yeah. it. I'm sorry that you got put in this situation. Thank you for sticking it out with us for, you know, all of these years. Um, and then like then Patty's the biggest question mark, I think, of, of who could come back. Maybe they want to play Patty another year and let Trey Jones develop another year. Um, I don't know if they want to keep doing the small ball thing, too. I'm not really sure. I, this is that that's why this is the biggest question mark in Spurs history. This is the biggest offseason in Spurs history. Dare I say it, Ethan? Dare I say it? But I think that this is definitely the most transitional um offseason in like symbolically, this is the biggest offseason in Spurs history. Yeah, it's a crazy one. It's a crazy one for me because it's the first time in a while that we've had a lot of cap space to play with. And we're like top three in the league yeah, or something. And Oddly enough, one of the probably the best player we can get in free agency this year is Demar Derozan. No, or, or Kawhi, but he's not coming back. I'm gonna I'm gonna take yeah, Kawhi no. out of this. And Chris <laughs> Paul is technically. I just, I'm curious to see if Kawhi declines his player option. That's what I'm very curious, especially. I know we're taking this. This is a different route, but especially with this ACL injury, and I know it's just a sprain, but I'm very the word indefinitely and Kawhi spelled he's gone <laughs> so at least that's what happened with us that's what we've seen yeah so i i don't i mean maybe that's not the case and he stays in la and he's been where he's want to but i don't know i mean look if they lose they're up three two I, as of they today. are three, no and that was a phenomenal job by yep. paul george shout out to him that i mean he he would have been the laughing stock if he would have had another bad game yeah. um but that that anyways but we you're right though he's he's, he's not, not coming back, back. <laughs> that would be epic yeah if we want to get technical the best free See, agents are him and chris paul but they aren't going <laughs> to leave their teams most likely and if what Kawhi we're going to do is we're going to sign damar and Kawhi, and we're going to oh, win the trade well that, <laughs> we're going to finally win the trade heck, i mean maybe <laughs> i i honestly i'm just playing <laughs> to, to be to be real about free agency damar derozan the best like the best option for the Spurs is a sign and trade, in my opinion. But that doesn't necessarily put him in a place that he wants to be. Because if we want to if we're gonna give him to a team that he wants to go to, we're probably not gonna get that much in return. No. Um, another like a team that I'm thinking of, another one I just thought of, I'm like, oh, a sign and trade would be great for the Spurs is like the Pistons and we get back Jeremy Grant. No. That would be wonderful. That would be great. But that's not gonna happen. No. So my yeah. my Top three free agency targets for the Spurs. Two of them, or maybe even all three of them, I have to, I have to look, are restricted free agents. Okay. And that's John, John Collins, Collins, Laurie Markinen. Yes, and Jared who Allen. Else? Okay. Yeah, no, okay. Jared Allen is actually who we need to get. Jared that Allen's is so, super good. And I'm sorry, Drew Eubanks. I mean, we can still keep Drew Eubanks, but he just won't play. Yeah, probably. But, but I would, yeah, I think that Jared Allen should be the top target for the Spurs. I think that would actually be a good investment with our money. And I wouldn't be mad at a big, big, the only, pro- we'd still have a little bit of cap space left, but at that point we'd literally be choosing between Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker. That's another thing that Spurs fans need to understand that all these young guys that we're getting attached to, one of them's going to get booted because we're not going to have the money for it. Yeah. And just by the way, just prepare yourselves for that in the next coming years. So the only thing that scares me about Jared Allen is because he's such a great young player right now. 
we're probably going to have to give him a huge amount of money. No, we're going to have to give him like 25, yeah. 23 million. And that's going to really shortchange us when maybe next year, the year after, there's like a better superstar possibly available. Now, would that guy want to come to San Antonio? Probably not. But if we didn't pay Jared Allen, we could probably throw everything like at him at the at the mm-hmm. next big thing and potentially, you know, get our superstar because that's everyone's criticism of the Spurs. We have a bunch of solid players, and then nobody to lead us. <laughs> like we're just a bunch of nice role players right now. That's yeah. So that's what that's what people think. But the problem is Derek White went through an injury plagued season, and I didn't say season right there, but ignore it. Um, but here's the thing, it. <laughs> No, I can't. No, but look, I genuinely actually believe that Derek White is a number one option. And you can call me completely freaking delusional, delusional. But I but I genuinely believe I genuinely okay, maybe maybe not a number do I believe that he's a number one option? I don't. I don't think he is skilled enough offensively at his size to be number one option. He could be a, maybe a two or a three. He's six four. Yeah, but he's he's a shooting guard, and he's not as good as Donovan Mitchell. Is he really a shooting guard? I, I, I think would it's say time so. to have the trade Dejounte conversation. Oh, <laughs> we're getting playing. deep. No, no, we're not gonna have that today. We're not gonna have that I mean, today. He, and I actually, I, that is something I've thought about, but I don't, I don't, I actually, I'm not ready to hop on that train yet. I'm ready to. But the thing is, the thing is with the Spurs though. So Derek and Dejounte are six four. So I feel like that balances out like the size thing in the backcourt because mm-hmm. even if you want to call Derek a, sh- a shorter two, which I don't really think he is in the modern NBA, I think he's honestly a there's a he's taller too than than some than a lot of these guys bradley beal's six three yeah um but just having a big point guard too to kind of offset that um or bigger obviously Dejounte's skinny as hell but yeah. um those two guys like that kind of offsets the the size thing in my opinion but it's, it's a good tandem as far as size goes for sure i just i have a hard time thinking that that derek is going to play at the same level as a Bradley Beal or a Donovan Mitchell or any of these guys that are around his size that play around the same way. And that's the thing. Okay, go ahead. My bad. Let me, no, it's good. I I think he passes better than a Bradley Beal. I just don't think he's ever going to score at the same clip as those players are. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I think maybe, I don't know if he can, I don't know if he can put up like, 50 or you know like have a 50 piece or a 40 i think you could have a 40 piece um but like a 50 piece or something like that like tatum's been doing like you know or a luca like an on and off hand i don't think he could do that i mean i don't know maybe he could we don't know but mm-hmm. um i i think that he could be i actually disagree with you there i think that he could be a donovan mitchell type player or a you know a bradley beal or something like that i mean I'm not necessarily a bradley beal he's a different because Derek's very unique yeah he doesn't play um, like they do but I feel like but, if a number one option, you have to play a little bit more like them. When he got in rhythm before that injury, in the last five games, he was averaging like 22, 5, and 5. And I think that that is Derek White at his purest form when he's fully healthy. That is what I'm trying. I really genuinely believe that Derek White is a 20-point scorer with 5 and 5 and great defense. So maybe that is a, maybe that is a number two option. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's... The thing with Jaron Allen, going back to him, and the reason that I like spending money on him is 
I, I, I haven't looked at the free, to be completely honest, I haven't looked at the free agent class going in, like not this year, but next year. Um, so I don't know, maybe there is a free agent center that's way better than him that we could go after, but will there be a better center? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when, and, and he's 23. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I would like, I would love to have him and start him and then you can have Pirtle off the bench. Um, and I think that he would be a little bit more effective off the bench too. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of, you know, the talent level that he's playing against. Um, I will just to start to interrupt you. Go ahead. Jared Allen no, is please. restricted. Yes. So he is restricted. Yeah. So Cleveland could match any offer that we decide. That's why I'm to... saying at the end of the day, those three guys that I mentioned all restricted. The only one I could see that maybe wouldn't get matched is Laurie Markinen. But he's the third of those three guys that I would like to have because he doesn't play defense. And, and I think he's going to be way too expensive. Probably, yes. And I think he's probably hit his ceiling a little bit. And maybe the Spurs could pull a little bit more potential out of him, but he's been in the league for a while. And mm-hmm. I think he went up, and then he just went back down and kind of has plateaued a little bit. Because when you're not getting that many minutes on Chicago's team, like that's, a, that's kind of a sign. But he is a, a he can shoot the three, he can space the floor, he's tall, he plays the four and the five. I mean, he fits with what the Spurs need, but I don't think we're going to get the same. We might as well just develop Luka Samanich. Yeah, which I think we should, honestly. If like I think yeah. Luka Samanich should get a little bit more playing time. Probably not out of, like, you mentioned, is he ready? It won't be because he's ready. It'll be because we don't have anyone else at his size. I don't mind playing him off the bench for a year. I really don't because next year's probably a wash regardless. So if then you can really see what he's made of. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, at the end of the year, he had a bad year. He was just deer in the headlights the whole time. Then it's like, okay, yeah, we'll just, you know, you can let him go or you can keep him on the team option and just run him in the G league. Like, yeah, it's not anything, you know, nothing bad comes from that. So I don't think Cleveland would do it for Jared Allen, but I, depending on how this playoff series goes against Philadelphia. You think the Hawks I think would do it? the Hawks might trade, do a sign-in trade for DeMar, for John Collins. I, I don't... Really? I, I could see that happening. Only because DeMar would add just another level of playmaking where they mm-hmm. wouldn't have to go entirely through Trey Young. And it would make sense. I can sense. see that. He fits their team identity, in my opinion. Other than shooting. Other than shooting. <laughs> But if he yeah. if he's that second, but the ball thing handler, is, they have all the shooters around him. Yeah. He can be the penetrate. Which actually, okay, now I'm now I'm seeing your vision, Ethan Quintero. I could see that. At first, happening. I might have thought it was crazy, but mm-hmm. that see, and that could be somewhere with Demar. Right now, he's looking at. He could see the Hawks yeah. and be like, oh, regardless of if they lose the next two games, they had the one seed Sixers on the ropes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means yep. you know, and and God forbid they win tonight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing, though, because if they do win and they go to the conference finals with John Collins, then they may just be like, well, let's just roll with the team we have. Try to, you know, Trey Young's going to be a year better. John will be a year better. And Clint Capella will be a year better, you know, because these guys are still fairly young. You know, yeah, they, they can are. still progress each year. You know, Bogdanovich, whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Herder. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. All these guys are so young. Um that, then why would they, you know, break that up if they're already in the conference finals right now is yeah. the only tough part of that. I, I get that 100%, and the only answer that I have as a rebuttal would be 
to the conference finals and the finals, it gets a lot easier for the opposing team to focus on Trey Young if he has the ball 95% of the time. And also, are you going to beat the Nets? No. With that roster, right. No. So, yeah. And put DeMar back in the East. Maybe. Or the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. DeMar back in the East might be an all-star, honestly. Yeah. No, I like that. I actually really like that. I could see Nate McMillan and this this Hawks team being into that, um, which I think is honestly the more important piece is that the other team would be into it. Yeah. I think that's kind of the hardest part with the with the sign and trade with DeMar DeRozan. Um, so I could see that because he could easily just be, okay, go get a bucket, go penetrate. Mm-hmm. We saw what you did with the Spurs of how you can pass out after you draw attention do that with us because we have way more shooters than so Spurs. many shooters. <laughs> yes. It, it, imagine Trey Young, Herder, Gallinari all around the perimeter. And then you and, got... and, and if they want to run small ball, they can run Gallinari at the five yeah. and they can throw Bogdanovich out there too. And then it's just complete shooters and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Which is a DeMar's dream come true, honestly, because now he has mm-hmm. like complete, the paint is wide open because no one's going to be in there. And he can go nuts. And then I think John Collins would fit beautifully next to Keldon and I guess Jakob Pertl at the center spot because he can stretch the floor. He's a better shooter than DeMar DeRozan, absolutely. And he's mm-hmm. got that young athleticism. Him and Keldon flying high, going get oops for each other. That'd be, that'd be beautiful. And he fits. I think he would fit the new wave of Spurs players as far as like scheme and what we're looking to do with speed and running in transition and stuff like that. Yeah. I, you know, at first, Jared Allen was like, I was saying like, that was the one that I was had number one on my list. But I think now that you're talking to me about this, I actually think that I would prefer John Collins, especially with what we're seeing. You know, I mean, I honestly, I haven't really, I haven't really watched that Hawks series. I mean, I've been paying attention to it, but I haven't really turned it on. So I can't really assess how he's playing, but just having that playoff experience, um, that is just going to be another asset that that Jared Allen would not have. So, While although I think he might have played with Brooklyn in like that one series, but I don't think they got to the second round. No, so. they didn't. Mm-mm. Yeah, so this is still more playoff experience than, yeah, um, than than him for sure. And to be fair to Atlanta, you were talking about John Collins and like they're playing well right now. He is averaging fifteen and seven, so he's not like a scrub. Like Atlanta wouldn't be looking to get rid of him. It would just be about them thinking. And numbers aren't everything, yeah. too. They know what he does with floor spacing, and you know they know that he can have a night where he can go for 30 and 10. Yeah. The only thing with John Collins, I don't know. So I could be completely wrong. I don't know how good of a defender he is. Like I just have mm-hmm. no idea. I don't watch enough Hawks basketball to know. I think he's a fairly decent paint defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I – I can't really say anything on the perimeter, but I know that he's, he's, a, he's a solid post. And obviously – the Wake Forest connection too. I feel like that's initially yeah. how this whole thing kind of got started. Um, but but I do think that John Collins would be a fantastic pickup for the Spurs if that was possible. Um, and then maybe you could still play Drew Eubanks. Um, but maybe. <laughs> but not even. But you could also like the other thing is the draft too. And I know yeah. we're gonna have a whole episode to get into that. But just to talk about it a little bit here, what do you think the positions? of need are for this draft? I, I'd have to go power forward or center. Mm-hmm. And because what if you, we get somebody like Kai Jones from Texas, I would be down. Who's, 
who's 6'11", 220, yeah. do we really need John Collins then? You know what I'm saying? Like, not not saying that we shouldn't get John Collins, like, mm-hmm. because he's obviously a much more developed and better player than Kai Jones, but it's like, Kai Jones is kind of the same thing. He's a floor stretch spacer. He's 6'11". Like, you know what I mean? He could so, play center, honestly, in today's mm-hmm. NBA. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, And that's a lethal front court with Keldon, uh, Keldon, Kai Jones at center, and John Collins at the four spot. Mm-hmm. That's elite. That's that's a nice Another thing that you're mentioning here that I think we both agree on, and I think that I may have not agreed on it at first, but now I definitely do, is moving Kelton to the three permanently. Yeah. I think that that's going to really make him a lot better. I know I may have pushed back on that initially, talking about him boxing out yeah. Jokic. And that's <laughs> awesome that he can do that. But at the same, I, I now that we're sitting here on June 17th, Ethan, I completely agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I don't get me wrong. I mean, he played val- valiantly at the, the four spot, and he played and hard. And if we want to combat small ball, he's a good asset to have. Yes, he can play both. I just think that when we're playing these teams that are so much taller and longer, he gets beaten, and not because mm-hmm. he's bad, just because he's shorter. Yeah. And we could we could easily just counteract that by getting a better four spot moving into the three. Yep. It's like when he's playing against Chris Stapps. He can play as great defense as he wants to. That's yeah. not going to change the fact that Chris Stapps is 7'3". And He's shooting shoot. over a chair. He's just like <laughs> yeah. so low. Yeah. yeah. It's just not even fair. Um, but other than those three guys, I actually did find a couple more free agents okay. that I was kind of interested. They would not be necessarily expensive, and they could fill some holes for us if Rudy and DeMar. This is all if those three guys don't re-sign with us, which I think We're is, just kind of assuming this. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is likely. Um, uh, yeah. And at the three spot, I think some guys to potentially kind of round out the bench unit um, and provide a little bit more shooting, which we desperately needed this season. Doug McDermott, he can play three in the four. He would basically be a spot-up shooter for us. I watched God-awful defender. Yeah, but I I watched him in the uh, Indiana series, and he he was – or the Indiana play-in games because they're not in the playoffs. And he was probably one of their top two players, including Sabonis. Him and Sabonis were really no, and he was going. He did go for like twenty or something in that first half. It was or first quarter. It was insane. And I think we could disguise his defensive liabilities potentially because I don't. He's not somebody I would mind playing over um, over Luca like at that four spot. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that off the bench. That that's that's reasonable. Yeah, and we could have a bench unit of uh, Trey Jones, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, him, and. Maybe Luca Pirtle. at the five or Portal, yeah, at the five, depending on yeah. who's our our starting. Three banks, whoever. Yeah. yeah, and at the same time, pretty much the same player as Doug McDermott, but a better defender, Alec Burks mm-hmm. at the Knicks. I like that. I like it. I would like an Alec Burks pickup. He could potentially be what we thought Damari Carroll was going to be a couple years ago, kind of fill that role. And lastly, two centers that we could potentially get cheaply. That could be a backup center or even start over Jakob, depending on how well they play. And that's Nerlens Noel, who would play with the Knicks this year. Very much a role player, not going to be a big minute, uh, not going to be a big mm-hmm. points guy. And uh, Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard. We could there. also get Boban. He's yeah. in this class. Boban's also there. <laughs> I think all three of those guys would fit. I would love bringing Boban back, like just even to be like the third stringer, like. I wouldn't hate that. So that's the other thing. I think that the center position for the Spurs is super interesting as well, Ethan, because you have on contract, if you want, you well, for a fact, you have Jakob Pertl on contract and Eubanks you have on contract too. I think he might have a team option, even though it's like two year team option. It's a weird contract. Um, 
So that's a very interesting position because Eubanks played really well, Mm -hmm. but he does give up a little bit of size. And I feel like that was the Spurs' biggest weakness. And maybe that's why they wanted to go small ball this year. It might have just been like a fact of the roster. And I never really thought about that until right now when we're talking, which is crazy, which it's like, oh, we were playing small ball because that's what we had. Like Mm -hmm. that was what was most effective for the roster, too. And while I think that you can play small ball effectively, kind of like you're seeing with the Clippers, but the problem is the Clippers are doing that with like six, seven, six, eight, like long six, nine defenders, yeah. long wings. Yeah. Right. The Spurs were doing that with six, five, six, four guys. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think we uh, honestly, in today's NBA, everyone talks about small ball for the Spurs. I think a small ball needs to be four guys that are maybe undersized. And then we still need one guy that's like a traditional center. You know, a mm-hmm. seven footer like a Jakob, but I think like a Nerlens Noel st- and a Dwight, they just they would get de- rebounds and they would defend slightly better than Jakob, in my opinion. I like the Nerlens Noel thing a lot. I really think he would fit, especially with the way that we like to run now. Mm-hmm. Like even if we get a bigger four, like even if we get a John Collins or um, a, hell, even a Jared Allen. Like I mean, well, I guess if we get Jared Allen, we wouldn't get Nerlens Noel. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Kai Jones, another big, right. Um, all those guys still want to run. And I think that the team is still going to want to play fast. Even if we add height, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's kind of where I feel like the modern NBA is going. I mean, you look at, you look at like the Mavericks lineup where they had Chris Stapps, Maxi Kleba, um, Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. You know, all like, like Luca's six, seven starting at point guard and everybody was at least six, six in that lineup. That doesn't mean that they don't play fast. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the Spurs would still want to play fast. So if they had, um, I'm totally forgetting my point of where I was going, but <laughs> point is even with height, we're still going to want to run in transition and yeah. Nerland's Noel would be a perfect, he's somebody who can run the floor with our guys. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. I think we just need to rethink our identity and because we used to be slow and defense. I think we need to be mm-hmm. fast and defense now. Yes. Because DJ and Derek and, and Kelvin are so transition fast. opportunities. That's yeah. all I hear, Ethan, when you're talking. And, and Trey Jones is phenomenal. I mean, he's in the transition offense. Like in the G League, I mean, yeah, he's a really great traditional half-court set offensive player, run the pick but and roll. He... But he can pass in the transition game like nobody's business. So I think him with the bench unit would be – awesome if we especially got some of these young guys that can run the floor and um my last free agent that i had listed here and this is just somebody if we lose patty mills to be like a, a combo guard in case trey jones doesn't work out like a tj mcconnell you know one of these older veteran points that could run like a minimum deal. i have i have a better idea because you mentioned combo combo guards <laughs> no uh george hill yeah yeah i was thinking about i forgot him. i would love to bring george hill back bro. yeah i would too i would love to bring that would be really first full circle of this whole Kawhi deal mm-hmm. and then george hill comes back um and he's six four and i feel like he would work even better as a two guard um yeah. than tj and i think that you know there was a lot of times this year and i know we're we're getting near the end here but there were a lot of times this year that the spurs um they ran a lot of nine-man rotations, and I feel that the that the Spurs, the way that they want to play, should be running at least ten and maybe even eleven guys. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to play fast, you want those guys to stay fresh. You need at least like two different, you know, mm-hmm. sets. And I think that also depth is always good. Yeah, being able to play like people and give your guys rest. 
Um, and, and to have a whole nother lineup that you feel comfortable putting out on the floor for an extended period of time is just so beneficial. That's just my opinion. But I agree with you. I think the only thing we have to be careful with is that if we're getting all these free agents that we're talking about and running that 11-man, 10-man rotation, we can't forget that the next season is really going to be a test to see which young players are going to flourish with more minutes. You know, so maybe we keep it at ten, and yeah, I mean, George yeah. Hill can be yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm just saying we're getting rid of Patty and Rudy and Demar, and we're like, okay, now let's see what the young guys do. Like, I hate to just say that, and then also throw in a bunch of vets that are taking and minutes take away again. and take minutes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got to compete, but we also have to see which free which young guys are going to show up and which guys we potentially might trade away should an all star become available at the trade deadline or something like that. Yes, yes. This is going to be very interesting, Ethan. I'm sure that we'll we'll talk more about this um, in the near future. We'll mm-hmm. we'll do some more. Just I mean, I, this this once again, I can't hit like I can't say this enough. This off season is so crazy for the Spurs because this could be the first year where we really change. Yeah, like <laughs> I know I'm that excited. sounds. That me too. I'm me pumped. too. And I. I really hope that I don't get some Woj notification and the Spurs are signing, like, I don't know, freaking, I can't think of anybody. Hey, let me look at all the know, free agents. Some some old free agent. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, yeah, exactly. Like, something like Goran that. Goran like, Dragic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just something, somebody who's 33 or something, I don't know. Jeez, but oh. that's a whole... Sorry to interrupt. What are you going to say? Uh, You're good. I forgot. We could talk about it another time because this episode's coming to an end. But did you see that the Kelly Oubre Jr. might have interest in the Spurs and the Spurs might have interest in Kelly Oubre Jr.? I did not see that. And he's an unrestricted this, free agent. What is the truth for this? I don't believe it. I, I, I just saw the headline <laughs> like on, on Twitter and Instagram. Like, there okay. were like mutual interest. Well, and so We'll have to investigate. But because he did play for the Warriors, I could see it. Yeah. And I, I that actually would be somebody I wouldn't mind spending money on either. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind because he's he's probably only going to be like fifteen something million, which will still be a little bit. But like we've got forty million, so like that won't that's not going to strap us down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like a bigger um, Keldon, honestly. If you want to like look at his yeah. game, yeah, probably probably not as strong. But no. nobody's as no, strong as Keldon. No. no, champagne poppy and big body. <laughs> Or no 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 not That's, not, not Drake? champagne's poppy is Drake. Yeah, like, he's Kelly Oubre is I don't know he's in a he's in some commercial and it's something like poppy I don't know he yeah it's, he's funny he's yeah. samurai I don't know what something it was like but that. <laughs> I forget but I'm butchering it. No, you're good. But you're anyways. good. We'll figure it out for the next episode when we talk about Kelly Oubre yes. Jr. in depth. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast platforms. We will be back. We will be putting out content. You know, we, we have some lives and we, we were doing some stuff, um, but we're, we're also still doing this. So don't think that just because there's not anything coming out that we're done or we're quitting or anything like that. Um, and I will get to the, um, the positional breakdowns. I will continue to do those. Ethan, if you want to hop on any of those too, I'll... And we can, and the times work, you just, we can do that too. Um, But I just, uh, I did that before my first week of summer class. And then I got into summer class. I'm like, oh, this is a mini semester. So everything's super fast paced. I have to get things done like on the daily. Um, But that doesn't mean I have the weekends off, which I still do. So um, that, that wasn't the right wording there. But anyways, um, 
point is, I, I, I'm making excuses. I can do that, and I still want to talk about it. We will get all of those out. Be, it'll be a five-part series, every position, um, before free agency. Hold me to that. I will. That's it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for watching today's episode. We'll catch you guys in the next one. It's been fun. My name's Jude. That's Ethan. This has been SSPN. We'll catch you guys later.